Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for seeing, thanks for tuning in, thanks for downloading, thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today. Remini Organics is with us on the podcast, both Cindy and Henry Kassendorf are here. I can't even wait. Uh, you guys are going to love hearing about this product. If you haven't already heard about it, I know many of you have because I've looked at the reviews on Amazon and other sites. Um, amazing product. You're going to hear all about their story today uh, and learn so much from them. Cindy and Henry, so great to have you on the podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for having us, Justin. It's great to have both of you. Um, as I was saying before we hit record, I, and I can't even wait to dive in later to kind of understand who, do, who does what and how you guys divide up the work. Um, we'll get there shortly. So before we get there, how about share with our audience a little bit about both of you guys before launching the brand in 2017? I mean, we're at five or six years in. So give a little bit of your backstory. Sure. Um, so before launching Remedy Organics, uh, I was going to school, getting my degree in uh, interdisciplinary studies. I had um, kids as well. Um, so, so I had uh, four. I have four kids, and um, I think right around then I had three. Um, I was living between the U.S. and Israel. Um, my, my mother's from Israel, so uh, spent a lot of time there as well, and I was back and forth. And, and Henry, if you want to share. And I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been building companies for 25 plus years, and uh, just something I do. I've never had a job. I uh, learned early on when I was at a uh, event, my first business, a great entrepreneur, Gerald Shamalis was speaking and he said French uh, entrepreneur is a French word for unemployable <laughs> and nice. that really that really stuck set in um and I've always worked with what I call un accidental entrepreneurs and I've always found great people and um I built companies in tech energy hospitality and uh Cindy started this business in our kitchen, wanting to make a better product, wanting to democratize functional nutrition. And um, she said, now I think it's time for us to work together. So I, <laughs> I love it. I Nothing think I ever contemplated, but she's a brilliant formulator and super passionate about ingredients and bringing better products to the world. And um, it's really worked out phenomenally well. Wow, I love it. And uh, I've got so I'm gonna come back to you on that question about the unemployable entrepreneur thing. I've got I got some interesting questions for you on that. Um, but very cool um and so fun that you guys have come together to work together. Um I've had the opportunity with my wife and I it, it it's it's been it was a blast, right? Launching, coming up with product and and then getting out to market. And so let's rewind the clock, right? For here we're in 2023 as we're recording today, 2017. You know, how did this um idea come together? Where did it originate? Yeah, so back to where where this all began. So after getting my degree, having kids, I went back to school to become a nutritionist. Um, and then I built a practice around nutritional counseling where I had um, helped many people transform their lives by making healthy lifestyle changes. 
Um, I has I had spent uh, a number of years doing that. And then this all really started organically out of that. I um, saw what I had done in my practice and wanted to do something in a broader way. I saw the impact, the, the transformation, and it really grew organically um, out of that. What I did is I started creating uh, juices and shakes and different um, healthy meals for my clients and in my home kitchen and started create creating all of these and, and getting amazing feedback. Everyone would, this was uh, about 10 years ago now, um, would love everything that I would make. Um, and I just created, I started creating in my home kitchen with ingredients that I live by, that I believe in. I personally use food as medicine. My, my medicine cabinet looks very different from the typical medicine cabinet. My go-to is natural <laughs> remedies for healing and prevention. So anytime there's a, a headache or a different ailment, stomach issues in the family, any cold, my first go-to, there is a place for medicine, but my, my go-to, my first go-to is my natural medicine cabinet, which could be oil of oregano, tea tree oil, elderberry, maca, matcha, all these wonderful ingredients that people have taken for thousands of years. Um, wow. Nat natural remedies for healing and prevention. Very, very cool. Um, and, I, and and what a cool space to be in, the natural superfood space. Um, if you if you have not checked out RemedyOrganics.com, you can go there and check out their product line and, and so much more. Uh, craveable plant-based wellness shakes and immunity shots crafted by a holistic nutritionist to help unleash your body's natural healing power. Um, so incredible important today um okay so you have this idea and you're working in the space it's one thing to have an idea and think hey you know we should create a product around this it's another to actually put something together that people will buy right so you said you started in your kitchen what did you start with so i started actually with juice i cold pressed uh juices that i would make in my home with in my home juicer and i also had my own uh, vitamix so i would blend different ingredients different functional ingredients um so these these that that's what i started with in my kitchen um you know there, there was nothing out there that i felt was truly wholesome delicious and nutritious and there were so many misleading um marketing on on products that were in the market making people sick and that sure. really upset me that seeing that and knowing that I couldn't recommend anything to my clients at the time. That's why I created this for them in their you know, showing them how to do things in their home, in their home as well. Um, but there was nothing that I, I felt that, that was good. That was really, truly everything had, was loaded with sugar that it, it seemed to be healthier. It called itself healthy, but it really wasn't truly healthy when I would turn the label around and read the ingredients and the nutrition facts panel. Um, there, there was so many different, first of all, sugar loaded with sugar sure. ingredients that you couldn't even pronounce. And I wanted to be, to make something that I felt good about. And that was a big part of why as well, something that I felt good and, and help, help people to feel better. Got it. And so early days in the kitchen, and now it makes sense, right? I'm making, you know, better for you items for your, I'll say your customers, I'll, I'll call it, or your patients or however you refer to it. When did it go from, you know, this is, this is not, this is good for them and they, they like it to, we should start packaging up and thinking about this as a more commercial product. Yeah. So, you know, I started when, when hearing from them, they would come back from their doctor visit visits 
and their blood panel, different things would look much better. And it just really hit me that um, what I was doing, I said, I, I didn't have this big initial plan to go huge. I wanted to do something bigger. So I just started creating these and I started to um, look around me and I got it into some local shops, little stores, a little bagel store. I, I, there was an event that I did, actually Oktoberfest, and I had sold, brought, made a lot of my product, brought and, and sold out of it. And people wow. were reading about it and loving it and coming to me asking for more and, and asking me for other flavors. And they helped me with the development as well, based on their their what they were requesting. Um, so it, it didn't start with like a business, a whole business plan. It didn't start like that. It <laughs> right. started really, it evolved and it started organically doing what I love. So as I grew and got into more stores, initially it was little mom and pop stores, which were amazing. Um, uh, a little farm stand, a little, you know, here and there. And then I went out into uh, New York City and I initially lugged everything. I met with buyers, store store buyers, um, got it into all these independent stores. <laughs> right. And then my, my big one was um, when I went to one of my local supermarkets, King Supermarkets, that has a, that's a chain of 26 stores plus Balducci's. And I brought it in there, met with the buyer, also very organically. He happened to be there. They were doing a grand opening, brought it in, poured my heart out, had a little tasting right in the aisle over there. And he loved it. He 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 was he said, I'm, you know, let he actually told me you have to do a few things on the label. Right. Um, he helped me. And I, I made all the changes and he was ready to roll us out in all 26 of wow. the supermarkets plus Gucci's. Wow, so amazing. that was the big first a huge milestone. Win. Huge win, yeah. yeah. And then, Henry, like, were you involved from day one or was there kind of a point where you you got in and you're like, okay, we, this isn't just the kitchen thing anymore. We're, we're going to build a business around this. How did that look for you? Yeah, it definitely took some time for me to make that commitment. Um, like, I was on the fence for a couple of reasons. I didn't really know the space. Sure. Um, and I'd never worked in this industry, um, but I also wasn't sure if I wanted to work with Cindy as much as. <laughs> right, <we're> <laughs> that's true. I mean, that you can know, be, it, you know, <laughs> can be challenging. You hear horror stories from time to time, and I'd seen some as well. Um, but I did some research, and I saw there was an opportunity to position a brand at the epicenter of some big macro trends, right? And we were seeing these big market segments, organic, better for you, all dairy, functional, all multi-billion dollar market segments growing at double and triple digit rates. Mm -hmm. And I took a very different approach to Cindy. This wasn't a brand that she created in a lab or a boardroom with a bunch of CPG veterans reverse engineering what was needed. It started with her just wanting to make a product that was super delicious, nutritious, and, and with these purposeful ingredients. And ingredient costs, economics weren't like the big focus for her. So I came in saying, we can do this and we can position the brand at the epicenter of these trends because this is all being fueled by the convergence of the food and beverage and the health and wellness industry, right? I saw consumers wanted more out of their beverages than just hydration. They wanted more out of their food than just 
nourishment. Sure. And I saw this was the beginning of this functional food, functional beverage movement. But at the time, Cindy was using the most expensive honey on the planet in her beverages. And she was not willing to compromise. And I said, look, if we're going to really do this, right. we need to compromise on some things. And I need to have some control, not all the control on some sides, uh, some parts of the business, and she would own others, but we were going to have to compromise on some key areas and make this more than just a passion project, which is what it was initially. Right. It was a passion project. It was a lifestyle business, um, but profit and growth wasn't the focus. And if I was going to get involved, that would be the focus. <laughs> right. And we would need to have some compromises on some of these things. She wasn't willing to compromise on the integrity of the ingredients anywhere, but you're able to do that and find a honey that's organic and wholesome. And it doesn't have to be this ultra high end, you know, honey as well. So those were the kinds of things we needed to work out early on understanding who would be responsible for what. And at the end of the day, we found out that we could make this work. She owns marketing and she owns innovation and i own ops finance and sales there you and go <laughs> we did not have experience in the cpg world um but very early on when we were starting to get some traction we surrounded ourselves with some great people we put together an advisory board love that of folks that love had that. You know, been in the trenches knew what it takes and we really leaned on those people. The other thing we did, which is great advice to other entrepreneurs, is incubators and accelerators. And we were fortunate enough to have been selected for some of the top incubators and accelerators in the industry where we got great mentors sure. who were experts and some of the brightest minds in the CPG world that helped us at key stages in the evolution of this business. So that was something that we really leaned on as well. Amazing. And so smart. And, you know, we get later in our podcast, I'll ask you for some of your advice. And that you just hit one of the things that I think is super important is surrounding yourself with people that can help you and give you coaching and advice. Um, how did you figure out early days packaging? So I'm guessing when you were making it in your kitchen, you didn't have some, you know, the formal packaging. And then, by the way, very nice packaging that you've got now. Um, like, how did you sort through that and go from the make a couple of bottles in the kitchen to, you know, something that's more commercial and that you can scale. Yeah. Well, one of the things Cindy did early on was the use of color, right? What we say is we color food with food. And if you look at our products, they're all in these transparent bottles where you can see the beautiful liquid inside. And we get a lot of buzz because we have these beautiful colored beverages and consumers are intrigued when they submit on the shelves with the pink product, which is our berry immunity, the blue, which is our blue essentials, our yellow, which is a turmeric golden mine product, um, our green, which is matcha and spirulina. So that's a big part of the brand story. And Cindy uses these purposeful functional ingredients and a really cool feature of many of these ingredients is the color and how they really pop on the shelves. Yeah, so many great flavors. You mentioned a few there. Uh, 
I mean, I and I do like how you've used color and the the actual bottle to almost brand it's and great packaging. And we'll talk about some reviews. Your reviews are through the roof. Like it's amazing. Um, so um, as you figured out packaging, I mean, were you did you decide early on? Hey, we're going to launch with this one. Or we have these three flavors or like, what did that look like in the early days? I see, I know now you obviously have multiple, but like the, when you first launched and you were getting into the couple stores and when you went to the, the King Supers, like, you know, what was that like um, from a product perspective? Yeah. So from a product perspective, I first launched, uh, if you, so starting with the juice, I had in the juice line, one of these functional wellness plant-based uh, shakes which was our dinner in, in a cleanse. I designed a, a cleanse program where it was dinner. And, and that was the very first flavor. It was called Satisfy Me at the time, which is now our super chai fuel. Got um, it. And that flavor was the, the first initial flavor. It was very satisfying, made with hemp seeds, chai, cinnamon, nutmeg, very um, delicious uh, eggnog, horchata, some people think of, of the flavor, but that was the first one. And then the next one I said, you know, everyone loves chocolate. Let me design, let me make a, a formulate one with chocolate as well. Sure. Um, and then I personally love matcha. So I created, so it was just really guts. And what I, it was very personal to me, actually. It was, I didn't do a lot of research. I didn't go out. I didn't, I, I, I really didn't at the time initially. It was really what I loved. Through it all, I discovered I, ver I have a very sensitive taste palate uh, and, and a very high bar for flavor um, because things that people wouldn't notice, I would notice when we, when we do tastings and all. But it was really a lot of gut feel, ingredients that I love, looking at color because I always tell people to eat the rainbow. So how do I <laughs> right. add another flavor with color that, you know, we use uh, food to color food. So it's it's all real natural ingredients. No, no added anything. Um, and, and that's how it evolved. And eventually I, you know, berry, I wanted to make this berry flavor that was immune supporting and it's a beautiful pink color. And, and then we have our golden mind, but I also looked at natural remedies and ancient, uh, cultures. So for example, our golden mind was, was based from the, um, drink, the Ayurvedic drink, golden milks, and, it. and it's my take, a non-dairy take on that. So part of it was gut, part of it was looking at different cultures, different ingredients, what they've used. So again, very, it was uh, very organic. And what about production? I, you know, it's one thing like to have a flavor that you've mixed at home and other to have it commercially mixed and make it the same. Like, where did you go for that? And how did you figure that out? Yeah, that, that was a pain point. That was tough. <laughs> um, taking it from the home kitchen, commercializing it, scaling it. Um, I had to build a team around me, uh, working along with uh, food scientists, and and make it where it's where it's scalable, um, maintaining the integrity of the product. I never wanted to compromise on the integrity of what it was, making it even more delicious. And it took it took months and months, a lot of revisions, a lot of, you know, formulations, a lot of work back and forth. And ultimately we did it. Um, a lot of food safety, you know, looking at all of that, sure. that, that was number one, um, looking at food quality, food safety, and um, it takes a village. 
You know, right. so, so it, it really takes the village. Uh, you guys have launched different pack sizes or multi packs and whatnot. I like your. You just went through a new label, which I think m- looks much cleaner on the bottle. By the way, I don't know um, like, where, how you. I mean, so, which is great. Like, who's giving you that coaching and input? Or are you now kind of like through your advisory group or whatnot, getting that kind of feedback? Yeah, we really launched five little little five years ago, almost six years ago now, with that package that original package and it got us really far and that was us and a graphic designer just (laughs) working through it and we wanted transparency she created a beautiful logo and we wanted this really minimalist look and feel the challenge is this we have to balance elegant and commercial and if we're too elegant it's a spotlight product that no one really understands and there's no messaging and if we're too commercial we're a bottle snapper and I love it's great, great brand, but that's not what we were looking for. We wanted something that you know resonated with a different type of consumer. Um, and and at the end of the day, what we found was by just making an evolution on the current packaging versus revolution and amplifying some of the key callouts, enhancing our logo, we were able to really take the packaging to the next level. So it'll pop even more on that shelf and and cause consumers to grab it and, and yeah. pull it right. It looks great. A really nice move. Um, you are selling direct to consumer off your website, which I mentioned earlier, um, all over Amazon. And like I said earlier, like it's hard to get reviews, people. If you have not sold online, whether Amazon or else, like people buy the product and they've moved on. And I mean, you have got a lot of reviews, um, which is super impressive in just a couple of years you've been doing this. Um, and you're in stores. How do you think about your channel mix? Or do you not think about it? Are you like you're trying to get everywhere and you're trying to keep growing? Like, what's your strategy around that? Yeah, well, we have a pretty disciplined growth strategy. We started really just in this metro New York region, an inch wide and a mile deep, and really focused on natural and independent retailers. And once we felt like we were ready, we did a modest regional expansion up to New England, down to the mid-Atlantic region. And at that point, Cindy was reformulating. We had a new manufacturing process. We were going to take our shelf life from 35 days to 180 days. And we had a number of large national retailers that were waiting for the product and said, as soon as you have 90 days, we're in, right? (laughs) And we kind of had this whole list of retailers. And once we got that new process perfected and had a scalable production team in place, um, we kind of just went balls to the wall and went really well for us. We... um, at the time, we are able to go from about 1,500 retailers to over 4,000 retailers. We had very strong growth, um, and things were humming. Things were going in the right direction, and then COVID hit, right? And <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> everything we did to, in the first you know, three years of building this company, we couldn't do for the next two years demos, events, right, right? Uh, trade shows. And we really had to refocus, reposition, and look at it, take a step back. We weren't doing any e-commerce at the time. So we made a pretty significant investment in direct-to-consumer. We saw consumer shopping patterns had to shift because 
because of COVID, consumers weren't going to be going to the stores. Sure. And we needed to have an answer online. We launched on Amazon. We restructured and invested in a new website. Um, and now direct to consumer is about 10% of our sales. It's a big part wow. of our business. Impressive. Um, but we really, um, ha- it, we were lucky. COVID did not hurt us. Uh, I right. think it slowed us down a little bit, but we continued to have very strong growth during 2020, 2021 as well. Um, and I know a lot of brands were challenged, but sure. we were very lucky. Lucky. So that omni-channel strategy was something that came into play with the direct-to-consumer, but we also had an amazing product and large retailers that we didn't contemplate entering into as early were approaching us. And we had some very big retailers tell us they wanted this brand. Totally. Uh, And it was really amazing to see that and see how the product resonated with consumers in some of these more conventional channels as well. Wow. Amazing. Uh, and you're right. And, and we've heard so many stories. Uh, in fact, you know, we were doing this podcast during COVID. So like at that time, it was a lot of like, what are you doing, you know, to get through this? It's fascinating. The store closed now booming again. Uh, for those that have never sold beverage, though, uh, through D2C, direct to consumer or through e-commerce, the challenge is the weight. So it is not cheap to ship a bottle, let alone multiple bottles. And so hence the value of marketplace or retail uh, stores. Um as we get towards the end here, uh, you guys had su- such a good run. Like, um, as you look ahead, next twelve months, what are the maybe one or two things you're really focused on for growth? Yeah, I think you know, for us, we still have a huge opportunity to grow this brand in more conventional channels. Um, in the middle of the country, we started in the Northeast. We moved out, you know, up and down the Eastern Seaboard, then moved out to the West Coast, and then Southwest. Um, but we're really focused on the middle of the country right now. There's a lot of consumers there that love this brand. And the goal of this business is to democratize functional nutrition. And we're making this product accessible, affordable, and really convenient in these more conventional retailers in the middle of the country. And consumers are loving them. So we continue to grow our share in those channels. And it's, it's really amazing to see that growth that's occurring is not just in the natural channel, but the conventional channels, some of these alternative channels. We've launched in hundreds of airport locations. Oh, wow. We've launched Good. You know, mass channels, drug channel, convenience stores, and it's doing really well in all those channels. So we continue to push the envelope with this brand. Um, and this brand is succeeding where many other healthy beverages um, have been challenged. So it's been amazing to see. Love that. Um, and, and exciting. Like I said, you've had already five, six years in already good growth, a really great product, great packaging in all kinds of channels with potential for growth. Um, super exciting. And we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen, as I shared with you before we hit record today. Um, and they love advice. And you shared some earlier about surrounding yourself with people that really know the industry. Uh, we talked earlier about our networks. In fact, we know a lot of the same people in this space, which I think is really cool and exciting. Um, what would be maybe one or two other pieces of advice from each of you uh, for our listeners, for our founders, for those that are thinking of launching the next beverage brand or food brand or other consumer product? Well, something I heard um, that I can't take credit for, but from Jeff Bezos from Amazon, uh, 
you know, obsess over your customers, not your competitors, right? And I think so many times we get distracted, our competitors doing this, our competitors doing that. Just obsess over the customers, stay in your lane, keep your head down, stay focused, and um, don't get distracted. I mean, that for me is a big one. Yeah, and, and for me, um, there are many things, but I'll as far as one thing that I can uh, that I'd like to share is just you know building a company. There's so many challenges. There are times that it's discouraging, um, but keep pushing through. Be persistent. Keep pushing through and um, have strong intention. Put all your energy into it, and things change. The energy changes. Things change. And uh, we we've stuck through a lot, and and here we are today doing great. Yeah. Anything not worked? Is there like one or two things that are top of mind? And you're like, oh, we tried that and it was total fail. Or you know, we went with that producer and they couldn't make the problem. I mean, anything that's not worked that you'd want to share? Um, I would say that you know one of the things was really not staying true to the core of of this brand right looking at trends looking what's out there versus trusting cindy's gut right knowing cindy knows who our consumers are she is that consumer she lives and breathes these products and you know a lot of brands you know won't rely on that or they don't have someone like a cindy so they'll rely on third-party data but we have our secret weapon. Thank you. And it's an amazing, <laughs> you no, know, she lives and breathes this. Like she is the DNA, the heart and soul of this business. And using her insights with valuable insights that we're gaining um, as well from the market. Now that we're much larger, we have access to really good data. We're extremely data driven, focused on analytics, but we always Scrub everything against Cindy's instincts as well, and it served us well. That's awesome. Love that, and it's so good to have the numbers. And I just love what you said earlier about customer obsession. I have seen so many, not so many, a couple of good examples of companies have gotten so focused on themselves or so focused on the competition that they just forgot about thinking about the customer. Right? And uh, yeah. anyway, I thought. Great advice from both of you. Um, so great to have you on with us. I'm excited for where this is going. Um, before we go, um, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, learn more, buy product, et cetera. Sure. Uh, thousands of retailers. We're over 10,000 doors around the country. Um, remedyorganics.com, also on Amazon as well. Um, and um, let us know if you want to ever connect. Uh, you can reach me, Henry, at RemedyOrganics.com or Cindy at RemedyOrganics.com. We'd love to hear from our consumers um, and, uh, you know, we encourage people to reach out to us. Yeah. And they're both on LinkedIn as well. You can check them out there. Um, Expo West, I'm sure some of the big events you guys are there with product. Yeah. Come by and say hi. Perfect. We'll do it. Um, hey, it's so great having both of you. Uh, and and sh thanks for sharing your story. And we've you've got to come back on uh, down the road. I mean, like five years, zero to 10,000 doors, e-commerce, amazing reviews. I mean, it's obviously resonating and, and growing. And we'd love to have you back to share more with us down the road. Oh, we'd love to be back. Thank you so much. Thank you, Justin. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. 
You can find additional ContenderCast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.